This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Welcome to episode 27 of Spin Control, Pete's Mom. This week, I've got some spitting, some knitting, a Halloween costume update for you. I also have a book review and a horror story about the sweater that tried to kill me. But first, I'd like to kick this off with some welcomes. Welcome back to all my returning listeners, and welcome to those of you who decided to tune in and try us out for the first time. I greatly appreciate it and hope you enjoy the show. Also, a special thanks to those of you who have taken the time to go over to the show notes page and donate to the podcast. I really appreciate it and couldn't be happier. Also, I did get all of my complimentary prizes sent out to all of the donors. That is a free copy of an original pattern by me for the Perfect Little Fat Quarter Bag. And all of those folks are entered into the drawing at the end of this month to win one of the wonderful prizes donated by Diabolical Yarns. And those prizes, if you recall, are a beautiful lavender-colored skein of lace weight yarn and a hand-painted braid of BFL roving, all done and contributed by Rachel from Diabolical Yarns. Thank you very much, Rachel, for your contribution to the podcast. And not this episode, but next episode, I will be doing the drawing and announcing the recipient of that donation incentive. In updates this week, the only thing I have is that we still have a little minor twitch with the iTunes feed. The duplicate feed is still there. So if after hearing this, your feed disappears and you stop getting episodes, that means that the feed you were subscribed to has been deleted. I formally asked iTunes to delete the duplicate feed. So the active feed will be the one listed in iTunes that has reviews. The other one is a duplicate, and I'm not sure exactly how it happened. Now, if you go to the show notes page and click on the iTunes icon to subscribe, it will take you to the feed with reviews. So now everything is right with the world, and hopefully the duplicate will be gone, and I won't miss out on any listeners. And you will all continue to get episodes. Well, that's all I have in updates for this week, so I guess it's time to get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, I have a little story for you about Pete's mom. No, it's not about a guy named Pete, and it's not about his mom. Pete's mom is a substitute expletive that I like to use when children may possibly be within earshot. And I've gotten some feedback from one of my knit girls, hi Becky, that there are occasion where her children may be simultaneously listening to spin control while she is. So imagine the worst curse you could hear on this episode, and that is likely the one that came out of my mouth when Cobblestone tried to kill me last week. Yes, I know. I said Cobblestone was done. Well, the knitting was done last week. And all I had left was blocking. So, I gingerly tossed, no, I gingerly laid Cobblestone into a lukewarm bath to soak for about 15 minutes. When that bath was done, I scooped Cobblestone into this oversized strainer that we have, and I drained the sink and allowed cobblestone to sit there while I did a few other things so the water would drain out. I pressed out some of the extra water and then took cobblestone over to the table where I had everything laid out to block the sweater. So 
Then I poured cobblestone out of the strainer and began to manipulate the fabric and spread the sweater out on my little blocking board that I had set up. That's when the torture began. All of the garter stitch on cobblestone's yoke was stretched out beyond belief. That sweater would have been too big for Shaquille O'Neal. For those of you who've seen the pictures, that's hard to believe, I'm sure. I cussed like a sailor. I was so angry, it's unbelievable. After all that time and all that knitting and putting everything else aside, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. So the next step, of course, was hiding my anger and frustration from my spouse. So I began doing some housework, you know, whistling a tune in my head and pretending absolutely nothing was wrong while I tried to, in my head, figure out what I was going to do with the stupid sweater. When all was said and done, I decided that I had no other choice but to toss cobblestone in the dryer. I know, in the dryer. So what I did was I took a towel and I got out as much water as I could. And then I tossed cobblestone in the dryer for about 15 minutes. Continued to mill around the house, doing some dishes, folding some laundry, doing a little of this and a little of that, pretending absolutely nothing was wrong, right? 15 minutes were up. I went downstairs and checked on cobblestone. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, it's a little smaller. There's no felting happening. This is fantastic. But it wasn't quite there yet. So I tossed it back in the dryer for another 15 minutes and continued about my merry facade. He will never know that there was a problem with this sweater. I was a little concerned to begin with because when I got all the knitting done, I had put, I think I told you, I put all of the neck stitches on waist yarn and had him try it on. His reaction was not optimal. His reaction was, oh, okay, that's nice. Oh, all right. He did not seem to be pleased at all with cobblestone. No enthusiasm. I just spent eight months knitting him this sweater and it appeared that he did not like it. I was mad then too. So there's no way I could let him know that anything was wrong with cobblestone. So after the second 15 minutes were up, I went downstairs and pulled out cobblestone. The first thing I did was look at one of the sleeves and the very, very, very edge of the garter ridge on one of the sleeves was felted. Like there's no way that I could put it back in the dryer because the whole thing would be destroyed. It'd probably fit itty bitty and be way too small for any, you know, human sized person. And what I did not want was the opposite effect of what I started with. I didn't want the extremely small sweater versus the gigantic horse sweater that I started out with. So I kept my fingers crossed. I took it back over to the blocking board and laid it out to dry. It looked okay. I mean, it looked really good. All the garter stitch had tightened back up to normal. I had put it in the dryer inside out for the second run because I didn't want the surface stitches to get beaten up and, and felty or pilly. That's how I dry my socks too. So I laid it out and kept my fingers crossed. It was still rather wet and hope hadn't been lost. So I let cobblestone dry on its own for the next two days. And at the end of the first day, I grabbed one of dear husband's favorite sweaters from the closet and took it downstairs to lay it over cobblestone and see what the difference was. It was a little bit bigger. I had about, actually about two inches. It was actually about two inches larger on either side of the body, but the length seemed to match up perfectly and the sleeves were fine. I was a little concerned that with that bit of felting at the end of the sleeves, that they may be too tight and uncomfortable and he'd hate it. I didn't want to give him any other reasons to hate it. He seemed completely displeased the first time he tried it on. But the end of day two, cobblestone was dry and ready for the final fitting. He slipped it on and loved it. 
and it fit in perfectly. And oh, Pete's mom, I thought I would surely die. I was so overjoyed that it fit. I didn't think I was going to be able to salvage it. It was so gigantic when I pulled it out of that little soak. Unbelievable. The dryer rescued the sweater this time. If I have any advice, <laughs> make sure that garter stitch yoke is knit tightly so that you don't have an overstretching mishap like I encountered. Oh, thank goodness cobblestone turned out. I am so overly pleased with myself that I actually made a sweater that I'm thinking about casting one on for myself. Thank goodness cobblestone didn't kill me. And now it's time for spinning my wheels. In knitting, finishing cobblestone really seems to have lit a spark under my Christmas Conquest goals. My Christmas Conquest 2010 collection now consists of two hats and a cowl. I finished the Wham Bam Thank You Lamb cowl that I had started a long, long time ago. Unfortunately, that cowl can only fit a small child's neck. I cast it on with the intent of finishing this light green Lamb's Pride bulky that I had left over from other projects, and I did. When I got done casting off that cowl, I had about six inches left, and I used that six inches to seam up the front. But I tried to put it over my own head when I was sitting at knit group finishing it, and it was impossible. I'm going to have the nine-year-old try it on to see if it would fit her. And if so, it will remain in the Christmas Conquest box. But I have plans to start a couple more cowls this week. I definitely want to try the mustard scarf. I heard that's fantastic and a super easy fast knit. And I am going to see if there's any yarn in my basket with enough yardage to do another Wham Bam Thank You Lamb. It was a super simple product and I really like the way that it looks in the end. I've also made some progress on a bunch of the other little projects I talked about last week. I finished the first repeat on both socks for my dusty corners and that is halfway down the leg on both socks. That's pretty cool. I restarted my sister's garter for her wedding. I have just over a month before the wedding, so I really need to get that done next week. I started it in a DMC cotton. It was a beautiful color, but the final effect that I was getting with the lace, it just seemed too shiny and stringy, and what I was really hoping for was something a little woolier. So I surveyed the knit group, and one of the girls had a ball of palette that she donated to the cause. I mean, that garter is so small, it's going to make like zero impact. I'll be able to give the ball back to her, and she'll certainly be able to use it for another project. So that's coming along. I've gotten about halfway done knitting the second attempt on that, and I'm definitely liking the effect more than I did with the cotton, for sure. And I've been knitting a little bit here and there on everything. I made a little bit of progress on my hand-spun socks that have been sitting there forever. And what else do I have going on? That's really it. So I think between now and the next episode, there's going to be some swatching, some casting on, and probably a little bit of starditis toward Christmas Conquest 2010 goals. So that is what I've got going on in knitting. Now in spinning, really all I've done in spinning, I've been plugging away slowly at that mystery fiber. Haven't made a whole lot of progress. I got about half of the four ounces done, and I'm kind of saving that for this weekend, and you'll hear about that later. But what I do have in spinning is some stash enhancement. That's what's been going on in my spinning, really. So way, way, way back in the day, you may recall, I bought a fleece at Maryland Sheep and Wool. The lovely Jasmine from the Knitmore Girls was kind enough to take that and send it into Sherry for processing. 
and oh my goodness, it came in the mail this week and I wasn't even expecting it. After so long, like you quit the anticipation, which is fine because it's not like I would have had the opportunity to spin it over the summer, but I am so pleased with the results. It is gorgeous, lovely. I am so happy about my purchase that you just don't even understand. It started out as a five pound fleece, but apparently it was dirtier than I expected because now it is a three pound fleece. And over the next week, probably this weekend, I plan on doing some little sample spinning and some plying so that I can figure out what this fleece really wants to be. I am super excited about spinning a whole fleece. Oh my gosh, it's lovely. It's beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy with that purchase. And I took the time to factor in the cost of processing and the amount that I paid for the actual fleece. And I did some shopping online to see if it was more cost effective or less cost effective to do it that way. And really the only way it would have been less expensive was to process it myself, but it would probably be sitting in a dirty, nasty mess still, and I wouldn't have gotten around to it. And I know that the results would not have been as beautiful as they were coming back from Sherry from Marl Fleece Works. It's lovely. But anyway, if you're just going to go online and purchase Rambouillet in any quantity, it works out to be just about the same as buying the fleece and having it sent out for processing. I feel like I got my money's worth, that is for sure. It is gorgeous and I am so happy with it and super excited that fall is here and I'm gonna have so much more time in the house to work on my spinning. Makes me ecstatic. In addition, in stash enhancement, I got another lovely box from the folks at Fat Fiber. Oh, it's awesome. As you know, I had taken a little time away from my spinning. I needed to recharge my batteries and I knew that I was super enthusiastic when I got the last box of fat fiber. And so I thought that a fat fiber fluff box would be the perfect way to recharge my batteries and get me enthusiastic about spinning again. And how lucky am I? The October fat fiber box was themed steampunk. Ugh, and all of the fiber is so, is so beautiful and fits the theme perfectly. There's so much like blood red, gray, silver, lots of black, beautiful colors. Oh, what? And the way that the folks package this stuff is amazing. If you have the chance and you haven't already, try to get your hands on a box of fat fiber. But if you can't and you're not interested in that, at least go over and sign up for their mailing list. Follow them on Twitter too. That's fantastic. They have little contests all the time where all you have to do is take a look at some product and post on their blog, you know, what you like about it, what was your favorite, and you're entered into contests to win stuff. It's fantastic. They're very connected. So even if you've only ever gotten one box, stay on the mailing list. It's great. I enjoy it. I like seeing stuff from all the folks that contribute to the Fat Fiber Box. Even if I'm not buying a Fat Fiber Box, it's an easy way to keep your eye out on what all of these dyers are doing. And I don't have to go out and search for wonderful stuff. They're posting stuff on their blog about wonderful stuff that's already available. And you hear other people's comments about their experience with stuff. It definitely cuts down on my search time when I'm looking for new fiber, but they're periodically pushing the information out so I don't have to go out and search. I can just check in that one place and see if there's anything exciting that catches my fancy. So Stash Enhancement has certainly, certainly done a ton to revitalize my desire to spin. And I'm super excited about what the future holds with my fancy schmancy box of fat fiber and my wonderful fleece that is ahead to spin. In sewing news. All right, sewing has stunted. I'm afraid. I'm totally afraid of this Halloween costume. I don't want to mess it up. I managed to get the jacket dyed and it worked out perfectly. 
I have no idea what's up with the fiber that's in that jacket, but it did not take the dye super well. It looks like all beaten up, smashed, old, wonderful, and it gradiates from pink to black. It's fantastic. And even the bits that are pink certainly look over dyed with black. And I think it fits the theme of, you know, the new Alice in Wonderland's Mad Hatter. So this weekend, what I really need to get accomplished is finishing the shirt and trying to sew the two other items that I need to sew. I don't know how to make a top hat. What was I thinking? Oh my goodness. So I have to try to make a top hat and a skirt. I've never made a skirt before. The good thing is that it is a Halloween costume, so you could improvise. And she's like, what, gonna wear it maybe twice this year? So I should be good to go there. But I'm still super, super nervous about trying to make a top hat and a skirt. So that's why my sewing has kind of been put aside. And of course, all the fibery fun hadn't really helped with that either. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. And I think that's all I've got this week in spinning my wheels. This week, I am all spun up about a new spinning group. Somebody just started a St. Louis area spinners group on Ravelry, and they have scheduled their first meetup for this Sunday. And I'm super excited because I got a kitchen pass from my husband to attend. It makes me happy because I really don't know anybody just through my spinning. I definitely have all my knit group friends and a couple of them spin, but they're more knitters than they are spinners. And only occasionally, I think maybe twice a year, the knit group will schedule like a spinning night and we'll go over to one of the girls' houses and just sit and spin and enjoy the time together doing that because there's definitely no room in the bread company for us to br all bring our wheels or spindles. So I'm excited to go meet some new people, because from what I can tell on the Ravelry board, I don't think I know any of them. I think I might know one of them in passing, and maybe if one of the knit girls comes, I'll know them, but I'm excited about meeting new people and getting a spinning group. So hopefully all that works out, and I will report to you next week. But until then, I'll just be super excited and all spun up about a spin group. This week, I'm going to put my spin on a book. It's a non-knitterly book, and actually it's more like a magazine supplement. I'm sure that most of you have seen Real Simple Magazine. This is a real simple book. It is entitled 799 New Uses for Old Things. It's an encyclopedia of innovative ideas for everyday items. Now, I didn't find this book on the bookshelf at a bookstore. I actually found it in a regular store put out with the magazines. It is a regular soft-covered book. Retail price is $13.99 US and $17.99 Canadian. This book literally is chalk-filled with little snippets, like little tiny snippets, with examples of other ways to use things you've got laying around. It's kind of like an entire book on repurposing, and you know how I feel about that. Some of the stuff that's in the book you certainly, certainly have seen before, but other stuff? is definitely unique and wonderful. Like I would have never thought to use an old cassette tape case to store other things like headphones for your iPod. There's even, and it's all listed in alphabetical order for everything they've got listed, like an encyclopedia. They have, they even have an entry for knitting needles. It says you can neatly open an envelope by sliding the tip under the flap or use it for assisting young vines in growing vertically. Yeah, right. I'm sure most of us would prefer to use our knitting needles for knitting. But if you have an old aluminum set sitting around that you, you know, they're all beat up and all the colors flaked off and you just can't seem to bring yourself to throw them away, 
yeah, there might be some ideas in here for what to do with them later. There's just tons of little ideas for how to use things that you've got in your house for other purposes. And it's not necessarily reusing it to the purpose that you can't use it for its original intended purpose later, but it's definitely some helpful stuff. And there's also little tips on for like cleaning and things like that, how you can use, for example, rubbing alcohol is really good for removing permanent marker from countertops and walls. And I would have never thought about using rubbing alcohol for that. I probably would have just cursed a lot and um, gotten really mad at my kids. But anyway, 799 Uses for Old Things is a fantastic little book that's got tons of ideas for how you can use everyday items to their fullest potential. It'll be available on shelves until January 7th of 2011. So if you see the book, definitely take a flip through it and see if there's any useful information in it for you. I certainly picked it up and added it to my collection. All right, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. I've really had a good time in the past week with all my craftiness, with the one exception of the near-death experience, and I'm glad I got to share it all with you. Um, to close this episode out, I wanted to mention that I am in search of donation incentive sponsors. So if you are at all interested in that and maybe contemplated it, go ahead and send me a private message on Ravelry or shoot me an email and we can chat about that. As I said before, I'll be announcing the winner of the October donation incentive in the next episode. So be sure to tune in for that. And that's about all I've got this week. I will be sure to report back on how my first experience in the spinning group goes and all of my crafting that is to come. This week's song of the week is entitled Canadian Boyfriend by the All Girls Summer Fun Band and that is in honor of my recent breakup with Cobblestone. We will no longer be seeing one another. As always, check the show notes page at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at ajoyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl or Follow me on Twitter as a joyful girl made. Thanks again, guys. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.